This is Spade Spoon Soul, a podcast about all the ways food intersects with our faith from seed to spade to spoon. Hi, I am Jennifer Baskerville Burroughs, and I'm the Bishop of the Diocese of Indianapolis, situated here in the center of the state of Indiana, and I love and care for the people and lands here of central and southern Indiana, and I'm delighted to host this podcast today with my good friend, Jerusalem. Hi, thank you, Bishop Jennifer. Uh, I'm Jerusalem Greer. I am one of the co-hosts, obviously, of this podcast. Also the staff officer for evangelism in the Episcopal Church. I am a good news uh, gardener, good news gardens gardener. (laughs) How to say that easily. Um, Myself, uh, part of that work, and I live on a seven acre farm in central Arkansas with my family and a whole host of critters. So quite often you will hear my roosters or um, any of my other critters in the background. So really excited to be here and especially excited today. Um, of course, I feel like I'm always especially excited with each of our guests. But today we are talking with Mark Bazzidi Jones and Joe Rose from Trinity Retreat Center and West Cornwall, Connecticut. It's a mission of Trinity Church Wall Street um, in New York, and um, super excited to have them on here. They have done us some good news garden solids um, over the past year, and so just really grateful to have them with them. So welcome, y'all. Hey, thank you for be- letting us uh, come on here and, and talk about uh, creation care and our farm and everything else that we're doing here and the Episcopal Church is doing. It's a pleasure. Yes, it's a great honor to be with you all. Great ministry you do. Love your podcast, and it's great to be here with Joe. Well, we'd love for the two of you to introduce yourselves a little more fully. And um, like Jerusalem, I feel especially, especially excited about this podcast just because Trinity Retreat Center is one of those um, important spiritual touchstones for my life. I used to go and pray and discern my a call to ordain ministry back when I was a 20-something-year-old, um, just out of college, going on retreats there uh, as a parishioner at Trinity Church. And then once I did discern that, I ended up going to seminary in Berkeley, California, where I met Mark. And so Mark Pazzuti Jones and I go back way, way back. Um, <laughs> <in the> day. <laughs> it's like a world ago. I know. So, um, Mark, I'm so delighted that you're at Trinity Retreat Center. I know you've been at uh, Trinity Wall Street for a number of years now, but talk to us a little bit about your your journey quickly from the church downtown to the farm. All right. Yes, Jennifer, you bring back memories of those days back in what we used to call berserkily. Those were wonderful times. And back in back in the day. I was a Jesuit seminarian, so studying for the Roman Catholic priesthood as a Jesuit. So we fast forward. So I have been at Trinity Church Wall Street. This is now my 15th year. And I first went to Trinity to be the director of pastoral care and did that for seven years under Jim Cooper and Ann Maloney. And then we had a new rector, Bill Lupfer, and he invited me to lead our mission on our core values. And I did that for a few years along with being 
Trinity's lead on our Latin America and Caribbean partnership. I'm from Jamaica, as many of you know, and did missionary work in Brazil for a few years. And so they asked me to lead our international partnership with the churches in Latin America and the Caribbean and did that for a few years. And now I'm at Trinity Retreat Center, which is a great blessing. It's a whole different setting, but I, I feel very blessed to be here. As I say, God moves in mysterious ways. And so much of my formation in the past, actually, as a Jesuit, was around retreat work and paying attention to God and listening to God. So here I am in West Cornwall at Trinity Retreat Center, moved here officially in June of last year. And I tell you, it's a great blessing to be here, uh, to be in nature and to see how we worship God and pay attention to the earth and pay attention to participating in God's beauty and a tremendous gift to do ministry with with Joe Rose who is one of our executive directors here so I will I will let Joe come in and say a few things about himself too so thanks Mark um so I grew up on a farm in Washington State and in apple orchards too I'm actually from near where Brian Peter Sellers um um is living right now in Roslyn, Washington. Um, anyway, I uh, I grew up in the Pacific Northwest and in a farming community, was a farm kid, became an investigative journalist and was an investigative journalist for about 23 years and was called to, to ministry, felt called to ministry. Uh, Bill Lupfer, who was the rector at Trinity at the time that uh, Mark mentioned. Um, we had been in ministry with him in Portland, Oregon, my wife Heidi and I, and he called us out of the blue uh, and asked us if we would join his ministry team here at Trinity. Um, I never had run a retreat center before, but uh, had had experience with farming, so it just was a natural place for me to start in this ministry here. Um, I'm the executive director of Visitor Experience here. I'm also a candidate for uh, Holy Orders to the Priesthood in Connecticut, and much of what uh, I have been studying at Yale Divinity School as I'm going through seminary is ministry through uh, ministry of creation care. Um, and uh, looking at creation care, not just as they tend to do where I'm from in the Pacific Northwest, as preserving pristine nature, but putting it within the context of racial justice and liberation theology and pastoral care and how Christ and creation cannot be separated. Um, and so one of the, the great joys of with Mark here is with Mark here, we can do everything from blessing the bees every spring to blessing the land before we plant our first crops, um, that we are able to take worship and the Paschal mystery out to the farm. And that's something that is just uh, just very powerful when you come to the retreat center here. When I arrived here, there was all of this grass and I felt like, well, that's, you know, that we should be growing something there. So one of the first things we did to make it feel more like home, if you will, as we were moving into reopening the retreat center, um, is to plant an orchard. 
And that was one of the first things we did was to plant something because we wanted this place to be about the resurrection and about growth and about birth. And from there, we, we, we have a donkey sanctuary now, a, a sanctuary of rescued donkeys, which I'm sure you'll ask us about. And we have three fields in our good news garden. We have about six acres. Uh, and we also have a lot of roosters like Jennifer. Uh, my favorite is named St. Edward the Confessor. He wakes me up every morning. <laughs> Well, that's wonderful. And I have to ask, are you still tapping maple um, trees there? I remember that was a thing a while ago, but I'm not sure. That's in the plans. Uh, once, I mean, like with so many things, the pandemic closed us down and kind of put things slowly, slowly. Uh, it's still happening, but in, a, in, 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 in God's time, I guess is what we'll say. But, you know, one of the things Trinity has been so supportive of is the farm ministry here and how having a creation care ministry is also having a reconciliation ministry and they have invested in a farm manager and two farm staff uh full-time which is is just it's just fantastic support that we're getting to start this up that's amazing i love that um well you guys have shared a little bit about one of the questions we always ask right is um where are you rooted like what community or place and you guys have both already shared a little bit about that um, but like maybe jumping off that idea a little bit though, because I know that, um, sacrament is really important to what you guys do and how the sacramental nature of the farm and the land and the relationship. So maybe the question for you guys is what's a practice that roots you? Um, what is a spiritual practice? Maybe one that in some way is connected there to um, what we call agri-ministry um, that's really rooting you right now in this season. Um, and I'll just, I'll kick it to you, Mark, um, first and, and then Joe. Well, thank you. That, that's a great, that's a great question. You know, on many levels, because I'm actually new to this experience, I still feel as if like I am a seed being placed into the ground. And that, you know, that's a powerful image for me. So, you know, I'm still I'm still growing into this, growing into this role and, you know, appreciating that sense of being rooted. I like, you know, that question in terms of where we're rooted. You know, it's it's powerful for me to to think of myself as rooting. You know, and I always want to be rooting, you know, because, you know, I, I, I think implicit in that question is, you know, where are you growing? Where are you growing and where are you finding holy ground? And so for me, the sacramental aspect of that, as I grow into my ministry here and grow into this time of, of, of being with Joe and being at the retreat center, you know, we have been trying to find ways to to ensure that our prayer is linked with creation. And, you know, one of the things that we have, you know, started doing with more emphasis is to, to, to ring the bells whenever we, whenever we pray and whenever we gather for meals. And, you know, I, I, I think for us, you know, you know, we, we, we ring the bell to remind our neighbors that prayer is part of our life. And as Joe mentioned so frequently, that creation care is part of our life. And that all that we do 
you know, is like uh, a, a ringing of a bell. It's like, you know, it's, 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 it's like music, you know, all that we do celebrates this gift of God's love and this gift of God's life for us. And so, you know, and, and, and Joe mentioned, you know, and it, it's certainly a tradition that that Joe started in terms of, you know, blessing the bees and blessing the donkeys and blessing the crops and blessing the planting and blessing the sowing. It's that great sense for us that we find God in everything. And so we ring the bells and we pray and we plant and we look and we listen and we observe as a way of reminding us and reminding all who come to the retreat center that God is present, that God is rooting God's self on a daily basis and, you know, and, and, you know, God is so present to us in creation. So for us, you know, we, you know, we're trying to live into that experience of oneness where prayer and attention and silence and planting and reaping and paying attention all become part of that great creative dance. That's a good dance. It is a great <laughs> dance. You know, with the um, last year when we, as a responsibility to in community, um, had to fast from the sacraments, from the Eucharist. And we, we are sacramental people. We are people who come together and pray together in community. And the sacraments are incarnational for us. There's an element of being together and a physical presence for all of us. So during that fast here at the retreat center, I'm a hopeless extrovert. I just missed people so much. I missed being in worship with people. Zoom wasn't doing for me. And I started to look at nature and the farm and the woods that we have here through a sacramental lens. And of course, in our faith tradition, you know, the Book of Common Prayer defines a sacrament as an outward and visible sign of, of an inward and spiritual grace. And walking in the forest, I realized that not only in the walking, but in the presence and the listening and the touching of the trees and being there, that and looking at Genesis scripturally, that this was the original gift of God for the people of God. And I think getting your hands in the dirt, inviting guests to come here to feel the heartbeat of creation, if you will, by planting and harvesting, it's an opportunity to, to well, something that we do is contemplative harvesting. As Mark said, we really invite people to lean into the silence of being in nature, because as God, as 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 Mark says so many times, silence is God's language. And so, a practice that we do at harvest time is we invite people to go silently to the fields and, without talking, to connect incarnationally with the thing with with creation, reconnect with creation by picking the crops and gathering them and taking them to the kitchen where they will then be made into the meal that we will gather and say grace around and come together in community. And it's an opportunity and we do this, we're trying to find so many opportunities on the farm to deeply interpret the process of God creating and how we can be co-creators with God and how we can look at things that we wouldn't normally look at as sacramental. 
that's beautiful. And I, I love how um, I can just imagine the, the procession from the fields to the, to the kitchen and what that might look like, which leads us to our next question, which is about food and the meals that make you sigh with comfort or just make you swoon. What you're looking to um, kind of settle in with something comforting. What, what's the dish or the food that takes you there? I, I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah, okay, I, and I think Mark will agree with this. There are two that come right to mind. They make the most amazing soups here at the retreat center with the vegetables that we harvest on our farm, and they're they're they are the ultimate comfort food when they are also paired with the homemade bread that they make here. And they serve the bread often warm right out of the oven, and the the butter just melts on it. And uh, yes, sigh with comfort, definitely. Yes, I would go for I would go for the soups and uh, uh, the bread, the bread and butter. Woohoo! And uh, you know, it 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 is really a gift to see, you know, that that great connection between you know the vegetables being planted and how the vegetables then then move from the field and to the table and you know uh I, I i must say that one of the things that touches me the most about being at the retreat center is just the dedicated staff you know and and, the, and that sense of of sacrament has come up uh a few times in in our conversation you know the staff brings just a sacramental attitude to all that they do. And, you know, they grow the crops, they care for the crops with such care that it truly, you know, is an outward sign of inward grace. The the, the food tastes different. The food looks different because of the love and the attention that 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 that, that they bring to it. And I I I I think that that's what's comforting to me to know that those who care for the food feel cared for and do their work with tremendous care. And, you know, you can feel the comfort in the food. And I think part of the comfort that comes from that is the comfort that goes into it. And, you know, you know, Joe mentioned this and, you know, I want to say, you know, when we, when we, when we do work on the farm here, we also do it in solidarity. We know all the immigrant workers. We know all the refugees who come come across the border to work. And, you know, we work in solidarity with them. You know, we think of them because we oftentimes recognize the, the, the tough and the inhumane situation in which they are forced to work. And, uh, you know, we recognize that we're all into this creation care and producing the food, but, but you know, we recognize that justice aspect with it. And so, you know, we, 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 we pray for our friends. We consider them friends who work in, in farms and you know we always think of them and 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 hope that they experience the comfort that 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 we wish for everybody who who works in God's creation. And I I think this is the farm also provide, provides uh, at a time I just finished Stephanie Speller's book on the church cracked open and this is a time where we should be reflecting on so much of who we are as a people of faith together in community. And that includes, I think we are obviously in a pandemic that is a virus. When we emerge from this pandemic, 
there will be two other pandemics that we still have to deal with. One of them being the climate crisis and the other being systemic oppression, racial injustice. And there is an opportunity in the creation care ministry to address both of those pandemics. And as Mark was saying, uh, we are so mindful in our ministry and we try, we, we're very intentional about how does this ministry, what does it also say about, um, you know, Stephanie Spellers in her book talks about how we take our privilege and lay at the feet of those who are oppressed and not privileged. How do we take the great resource and gift that we have here with the farm and address these issues in ministry that most people wouldn't think have anything to do with being on a farm in ministry. But it is an opportunity, for example, for us to reflect on our role, our complicit role uh, as a church and as a society in what the harm that we have done to First Peoples and Indigenous Peoples, and to talk about how this is the land that for centuries was stewarded and maintained and cared for by the Mohegan people, and respecting that, not only in teaching, but in liturgy and prayer. Thank you. I love, I love that. And that's so important. I think, you know, we're getting a lot of questions about the intersections of injustices and creation care. And, you know, it's just, it's all there together. You, you really can't parse it out anymore. And we shouldn't, right? We should understand how they are woven together. Joe, I love that you talked about two other pandemics, you know, when we come out of this one, those are still going to be there um, and need to be addressed. Another thing, though, that I think we're, I don't know if we this would qualify as a pandemic, but something that's definitely happening right now across our culture and within the church is burnout, right? Mm-hmm. It's just such burnout, especially as we continue to go through these waves. And so we don't know when the quote unquote end is going to be. It doesn't even feel like it's reasonable to predict it anymore. <laughs> Right. So, but I really believe that the sort of work that y'all are doing at the retreat center and that I, I hope we're advocating for through things like Good News Gardens and this podcast can nourish folks, body, mind, and soul. And that rest and Sabbath are actually a huge part of this work. Um, and so I would love for you guys to just share some tidbits or some practices that you have at the farm that folks who don't have a retreat center in their backyard could still engage in, that um, church leaders could engage in on their own, that maybe parishes could offer to their people if they've got some woods or some land um, without even going full garden, right? Like they might have some woods in the backyard. How can that be restorative? How can they engage with that as Sabbath practice? So just any ideas you guys have about how to nourish and restore? Well, I'm a big fan of two things that don't require a lot of space. One is bees. I think bees are not only an excellent way to get honey, but to learn about uh, life and faith and compassion and hope. There's so much that I can tie into the bees. I'm not going to go on and on. Brian uh, Sellers-Peterson has heard me go on about them often. He's a big bees fan too. But uh, the other thing, though, like I said, is find a piece of grass that's not doing anything. And even just put a poll- talk about the bees, the pollinator garden in there. Also, in you don't have to be out in the country to really start to look at ways to bring this into the parish. You could start a good news garden in, in an area where there's a food desert. 
this is something that uh, my wife and I were, Heidi and I were involved in Portland, Oregon. It was a community garden. It is a great way to not only feed folks to, for whether it's a feeding ministry or it's a community garden and, you know, a co-op, but it's also an opportunity for multi-generational faith formation that's centered on creation. When we, we, some of the most incredible experiences I've had here is watching kids from New York City, young kids who buy, go with their parents to the grocery store, buy tomatoes or vegetables or whatever, and then come here and realize where that vegetable comes from, where that tomato comes from. There was a young girl who was just, she, she was so overjoyed when she picked her first tomato and took it to the kitchen and saw it on a pizza that night that we made here. And I would argue that there's something very spiritual, that the Holy Spirit is working somewhere in that experience. And then I think um, the other thing is we have to look at things. As I mentioned, I come from a part of the country where when I was growing up, being an environmentalist creation care was stopping clear cutting in forests, preserving pristine wilderness. And as a white male, I have to say these are very white environmental efforts. I would invite people to look at creation care through the lens and through the context of justice and social justice. And, you know, when you look at scripture, there are so many pieces of scripture, so many parts of the Bible that speak directly to creation care and nature and the birds and the trees and the mountains. But I would invite people to look at scripture in a way that is, you know, aligned with creation care that you wouldn't normally see that opportunity. And one example that uh, I have used is Jesus healing the blind man in John 9. Now, what astounds me about this uh, is the process by which Jesus performs this miracle, you know, rather than just saying the words to heal the blind man or, 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 or touching the blind man, he spits in the dirt and he reaches down and he makes mud and then he lifts the mud up and he spreads it on the man's eyes. And for me, that carries profound symbolism. For me, there's a creation care story there. It's Jesus Christ. This is God incarnate in a living, breathing, suffering, loving mammal who is in communion, full communion with the earth. And it's symbolic that way. And he's creating this cosmic link and reminding us that, you know, of all this wonder and sacredness around that we don't normally stop and touch the earth like that and use it for, use it for healing purposes. And instead, you know, the earth, if we ignore it, it's the, it's the thing that, you know, absorbs the tears and the bloods and the toxins of our brokenness. So it's a reminder that Christ and creation are infinitely interconnected. And, you know, another thing that I've talked about is spiritually, you know, or scripturally, um, scripture tells us that we are, we have the breath of God in us. And then when, George, when, when someone like George Floyd is murdered and the breath is squeezed out of them, the breath of God, that is a sin against creation. That's how it should be talked about. And then the other thing, before I get off my you know, bandwagon or my, my soapbox here, is, is that you know, also thinking about environmentalism in urban areas, and that means looking at it through the context of equal justice. And Flint, Michigan is the best example of that. You know, you had a majority black city where residents, they're still recovering from government officials failing to uh, protect them from contaminated drinking water. And that mostly affected children with black and brown skin. And that's a sin against creation. 
You know, race is still the single biggest factor in determining whether you live near a landfill or a toxic waste facility. And that largely affects, you know, affects uh, black and Latino neighborhoods. So I think when we talk about creation care, the farm is a great place to start, but it needs to extend beyond there. Oh, well, thank you for that. I mean, I, um, you know, it's it, it's a mark of how um, broken we are and how far apart I think we are from God's desire of for human and, and all creation flourishing that we have to be speaking about it in these terms. So it tells me that there's so much there's so much to do. And what I hope people hear in your your words, Joe, is that there is something for everyone, no matter where you live or what how how large your patch of soil may be. Like there's a way to make that connection. And so we want to make this available to to everyone and to take away the barriers, whether they are um, resources like land or whether they are um, headspace and mental gymnastics that we have to do to think about re-engaging creation. But you are certainly doing great work there in Northwest Connecticut to help us see what that looks like and to get on land that helps us to um, sacramentally experience it. So thank you both. Um, before we go, Mark, any resource or sort of uh, practice you might want to share with us before we begin to wrap things up? Well, you know, it's funny. As Joe was speaking, I was, you know, thinking that I love the way you all put these three words together, you know, the spade, the spoon, and the soul. And we all have a soul, right? And we have to nurture that soul. And we all have spoons in our homes, right? And I think it's time that we all get a spade. Because as we rightly say, I think every home, you know, you can have a small pot, you know, we can, we can, we can ensure that every Episcopal home has a spade. Because I think part of what we're saying is we all participate in, in, in God's creation and we can grow vegetables in a very small pot or we can grow flowers in a very small pot. And I would like us, and I think this is part of what we do at the retreat center, reminding people of the importance of rest, reminding people of the importance of prayer, reminding people of the importance of creation care. We also want people not just to come here and rest or come here and pray, but to pray where you are and to spade where you are. So get a little pot, plant a rose or plant a flower or plant a vegetable, plant tomatoes. Let us encourage each other to, to truly live into what it means to, to celebrate the spade, celebrate the spoon, and celebrate the soul. And yes, we can, and each of us can make a difference in the world with this. I love it. Spade yes. is a verb. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, if people want to connect with y'all, you know, follow the retreat center, book a retreat, learn about what's going on, how best to do that? What are all the places where you are? How can people find you? You can go to trinityretreatcenter.org. And uh, you'll learn about, we have online retreats. We have uh, prayer services uh, Monday through Friday as our candlelight, Compsler, uh, candlelight Compline service. We have uh, noonday prayer on Saturday. We call it Sacred Pause because it also has, an, it's an opportunity to, to, to be still and meditate on the gospel reading for that Sunday. We also have sessions. We have an upcoming Bible study session 
on Wednesday nights during um, Lent. Um, Kathy Bazzuti-Jones will be leading uh, a meditation on poetry session on Monday nights starting soon. So we've got a lot going on, but we would love for you to also just come to the farm, meet the donkeys. We didn't get to talk about the donkeys, but they uh, are uh, just a really, very healing presence here. And uh, just to come and pray with us. We, this is a prayerful place. Uh, we have a lot of retreats coming up this year, and, and we, we hope to see some folks here. And I would also say, you know, join us Mondays to Fridays at 8 p.m. We have Complain on Facebook Live. And, you know, it's certainly a reminder for us to end our day in prayer, to, to get some rest. And on Saturdays at noon, we have a program called Sacred Pause, which is a time for us to do noonday prayers and then to reflect on the upcoming gospel reading for Sunday. So check us out on Facebook, our Facebook page and Facebook Live and on Instagram. So, you know, join us as we spread this creation care and spread this desire to, you know, spade, spoon and soul. Amen. <laughs> That's right. You know, and as, as uh, Window Berry said, soul equals dust plus breath. We want folks to, you know, come here, nourish their soul with the, with the dirt and the breath and, and just be out here in nature with us because it is, it's a very healing thing. I also wanted to real quick say that uh, we, uh, we have uh, our blessing service every year with the bees and and the fields we usually do that in april or may and we stream that live so stay tuned for that too that's great we'll certainly do that i know you've got a pretty strong instagram game because i follow and will often go oh there's a, you know there's a side of the chapel or a field and um just grateful for the ways in which you're tending to that digital space and helping us stay connected with all of you well, friends, I um, <laughs> I feel like we're just getting warmed up. We did not have enough time to go into the donkey um, situation there, but I know it's um, one of the amazing, wonderful, quirky things that makes uh, the retreat center such a, a wonderful place to be. So I want to thank you for the time and begin to wrap up this ninth episode of Spade Spoon Soul, aka Triple S. I want to know that if let you know that if you want to find us online, you can go to our Facebook page, which is Spade Spoon Soul on Facebook, or if you want to be in touch with us by email, you can do that at Spade Spoon Soul Podcast at gmail.com. We also want to thanks our, uh, give thanks to our producer, Derek Weston, who also happens to be a Presbyterian pastor, community organizer, urban farmer, filmmaker, um, and so much more. Thank you, Derek, for all you do for us. Also, the multi-talented Jay Sidebotham for our artwork and to Ryan Lee for our groovy music and to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Woohoo! Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you, friends, and thank you all for listening. Until next time, we hope that you find ways to connect your soul to your spade or spoon or both. Be well, friends. Bye.